Welcome to Your Community with Dick Boost. Your Community is presented by AmeriCool Heating and Air Conditioning. I am very happy to introduce Olympia School Superintendent Patrick Murphy on Your Community. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you, Dick. Thanks for having me. Thanks for getting up early to be on the program. My pleasure. I am a graduate of Olympia Schools, Garfield Elementary, and uh, Olympia High School. Go Cheetahs, go Bears. <laughs> I didn't remember the Garfield uh, mascot. They might there. not have been the Cheetahs when you were there, but they are now. <laughs> oh. yeah. Well, thank you for being here, and we're going to talk about what I think is uh, one of the best school districts in the world. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, it's uh, one of the reasons people move to the Olympia area, so they can be in the Olympia School District. That's why I did. So I've been reading stories in uh, various news medias about the possibility of closing some of the uh, Olympia schools, and that's creating a little bit of controversy and concern. Well, I'll tell you, Dick, I put a message out to our community recently, and I talked about all the things that we were sort of alluding to in our intro here about how wonderful our school district is. The class of 2022 just reached right about our high water mark for a graduation rate, 92%. Capital High School was up over two points. Olympia High School's up. Avanti High School continues to have a 100% graduation rate for kids that stay an extra year. The valedictorian at Capitol High School last year had to choose between Harvard and Stanford, and she chose Harvard. We've got state champions. We've got amazing music programs. We are sending kids off to the world of work in the most competitive fields. And yet, despite all of those things, Dick, we are not immune from what's happening in society, and particularly in the Western United States, around the declining birth rates and the decline in enrollment. And when I first came to the Olympia School District, we were around 10,000 kids in the school district. This year, our full-time equivalent actually dropped below 9,000 for the first time. That so we're, big of a drop? We're down 973 kids since our high water mark of the 2019-20 school year. And I've said this before, I mean, we run amazing schools in the Olympia School District. Some of them are small, some of them are large. Olympia High School is the largest school in Thurston County, and people come from all over to want to go to that school. And we also run beautiful schools like Boston Harbor and Madison Elementary School that right now are under 200 kids. And the unfortunate thing is, is that as our enrollment continues to go down, it makes it really hard to continue to run so many schools. We're not a business. But we are subject to the same rules that businesses are applied to. If your revenue can't keep up, then you need to make adjustments based on that. So we're at a point right now where our school board, along with district leadership, has engaged in a conversation. We brought in outside experts. We're looking at our data. We put together a committee, which was really, really hard work, very dedicated, sincere people. But it's really hard, Dick, when you get in a room and you're saying, look, Here's our facilities. Based on the way we're funded, it's really hard to keep 19 schools open for the number of kids that we have. You know, what might be a good way to consolidate facilities and do things more efficiently so we can continue to offer programs and services to kids? Well, that's a really tough thing to ask parents and staff because they love their school and they should because they're all great. But the reality is if you look at school districts around the state that are the same size as the Olympia School District in terms of enrollment, with the exception of one, they are all dramatically, if not significantly, smaller than we are in terms of school size. A long time schools. ago, I was chair, co-chair of the Olympia Citizens for Schools, which really the job was to get levies passed. You know, that was our job. Thank you for but, your work on that. But back then, the Olympia School District, there was one year or a couple of years that the school district was criticized because they didn't spend all their money. No. So you do a balancing act. You have to spend almost exactly what you get. And if you save it, you get criticized. 
Yeah, well, we're not a for-profit. You know, the money that our taxpayers pay, especially for our parents and our families, they expect that money to be spent when their kids are in school. So I understand that. I also know that we need to maintain a fund balance. We have to have some savings just for those things that might come up. Our district policy states that we should keep between a 3 and 7% fund balance. And this last year, we carried over 5.4%. We're right in that range. But just so you know, Dick, 5.4% of our operating budget covers about a little over a half month payroll. There's a lot of accountants and experts around district economics that suggest 8% would be a better fund balance. And I tend to lean that way too, because unfortunately, every spring since I've been here, we've had really difficult conversations around our budget for a variety of reasons that you and I've talked about. Some of the things that happened at the legislature didn't serve us well in Olympia, but this enrollment situation is really, really difficult. Let's talk about that legislative decision. That was a number of years ago now. Well, the laws were changed so that school were funded differently. And basically, shall we say, the uh, school districts that were in more the impoverished areas got the most money and richer areas like Olympia got maybe not as much. That's the way it was supposed to kind of work out. I think that was the thinking. I'm not so sure it was whether it was impoverished versus more affluent, but it was just because you live in a community that is very supportive of your schools and you pass your levies like you fought Mm -hmm. to do for us in the past year after year after year, and you contrast that with a community that has a really hard time passing their levies, you're going to get a different quality of funded education. So what the state was saying is, we don't think that's fair. We're going to change the way we collect taxes. We're going to distribute that money differently so that those districts that historically didn't pass their levies don't have to rely on them as much. And you're probably right. Some of those communities are probably a little bit less affluent compared to those that pass. But there were other things in that legislation that helped very affluent communities like regionalization. I think psychologically, though, voters think, well, schools have all the money they need now. They don't need levies. Yeah. I don't blame people for thinking that because it's really expensive to live right now. Just drive by a gas station, although it's getting a little better. Go to the grocery store. Things are expensive. Inflation is up. And if you're asking people, hey, you want to save a little bit of money through lowering your tax rate or something like that? Here's an opportunity to do that. We're blessed in the Olympia School District because I think our community, more than any community I've worked in, knows the value of having a strong educational system and what it does for the quality of life in your community. It increases property values. It produces a wonderful workforce when lots of people like yourself graduate from our schools and stay here. And, you know, there's other things, life expectancy, crime rates, all sorts of things when you look at when you you have a strong school system that's supported. But I understand when people are saying you have all the money because the reality is, Dick, that the the legislature has never put more money into public schools. The truth is, we've never spent more money on public schools as well. In addition to compensation increases that were long overdue, making sure that most of our staff can have that living wage and we're still fighting for others, there's a bigger expectation for us in the school systems now. We're not just about reading, writing, and arithmetic. We're expected to help families in crisis. We have a mental health crisis for youth in this country right now, and schools are expected to handle it. We need social workers. We need family liaisons. We need paraeducators to help kids with uh, unique needs that coming out of the pandemic seem to be accelerated. So we've never been asked to do more. The legislature has put more money towards schools, but as an overall percentage of the state budget, it's actually gone down the last couple of years. Coming out of the pandemic, it was getting close to 50%. Now it's about 42% of the overall operating budget. And we'll keep fighting for that. And nobody fights harder for that than the Olympia community. I've had teachers tell me that the pandemic, those year and a half, whatever it is that you taught via Zoom, 
really, really didn't cut it. <laughs> well, I think we're going to do an autopsy on our response to COVID probably 10, 20, 30 years from now. And we're going to look back and see that, you know, there are probably some things we could have done better. I well, know in the moment, we tried the best we possibly could. Oh, and, and you get an A plus for that. <laughs> I don't know how you made the transition so quickly. It, it was how brutal. How did you do that? I mean, <laughs> It was brutal. It was brutal. And we had amazing people. And we worked with our you know, all of our labor leaders and everybody to try and figure out a way to do that. But to your point, having kids out of school, physically off campus for a year was seriously detrimental to people. Schools are great places to learn the three R's, but they're about social connection. They're about relationships. And those are the things that keep our mental health going. And so we had a lot of kids and staff for that matter, that really struggled during that time. And we're feeling it. And we're going to feel it for years to come. Every time we're talking about a particular grade level in our school and maybe something we're looking at data and we're saying, wow, there's something going on there with academics or behavior. We say, oh, that was the class that didn't experience fifth and sixth grade. Yeah. You know, and we wonder how that might be affecting them as maybe ninth and 10th graders. Or those kids never really got a kindergarten. And that isn't just something that's like, oh, well, put that behind you and everything will be fine. We're working hard, and I think we're doing a good job of addressing that. But it's taking more time, which brings me up to, and you and I talked about this, I believe, the federal government put a lot of money into schools during the pandemic. That's when the biggest drop in enrollment happened, which was understandable. We weren't in school. Some people weren't Zooming in. Some people who had means went to private school, and they stayed there. So the fact is that that money was like hurricane relief money. It came in. And then after a couple of years, they pulled it out and they said, oh, get back on your feet. You should be on your own. We're still feeling the ripple effects of that. So much more we could say. But Patrick, in the moments we have left, uh, there's a levy coming up, is there not? There, there is. On February 13th, thank you, Dick, for reminding me. That's what the main reason we're here to talk about. Even though McCleary changed the amount of money we can collect for our local levy, it's still a massive part of our overall district budget. It's about between one-fifth and one-sixth of our budget, maybe around 16%. And it's it's supposed to be for enrichment, but the fact of the matter is, is it pays for things that you and I would both agree are not enrichment. They are basic things like custodians and paraeducators and things that we know that we need every day in our schools. It also historically has paid a huge part of our special education funding. And you and I can both agree that our most vulnerable kids with disabilities and special needs, that's not enrichment when we serve them. That is a federal right. It is an absolute moral obligation to do that. And we use a big chunk of our levy to do that, and we shouldn't. And we'll be continuing to fight with the legislature to fully fund education. But until they do, this levy is critically important for that. Like I said, we've been real fortunate in Olympia to have real supportive community when it comes to this. There's a district to the north of us that failed their levy twice. They're in binding conditions right now, which means the state is kind of in the verge of moving in and possibly taking over some of their financial management. And like I said, we're really fortunate in Olympia that We've had that support, and we never take anything for granted. Any Moving closing forward. words? I know you can't take a position on the levy. Well, that's true. <laughs> we'll need to vote yeah, however they vote. That is true. You're absolutely right. I mean, informationally, I think people can understand that you know one-sixth of our operating budget, and that's a huge part of what we do. So I think if people look at the information and the facts, they can make the best decision for themselves. But it does fund absolutely essential basic things that we need in our school district. Patrick Murphy, superintendent of Valencia. Olympia School District, thank you so much for being on Your Community. Thanks, Dick. Thank you again for having me. Your Community is presented by AmeriCool Heating and Air Conditioning. 
Keep your family warm and cozy this winter with a furnace tune-up or a free estimate for a new heating system from AmeriCool, your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. AmeriCool is known for their friendly office professionals, no-pressure sales team, and expert technicians. Call AmeriCool today at 360-273-3300 or visit AmeriCoolOnline.com. Here comes You've been listening to Your Community with Dick Poost, presented by AmeriCool Heating and Air Conditioning. Your Community is produced by Jennifer Mathis. If your business, nonprofit, or civic organization would like to be featured on Your Community, please contact us at 360-943-9937.